Welcome to episode 162 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Andy Chung. He's a designer. He just released a new app called Pattern for low fidelity mocks and designing. Uh, before that, he was at Facebook where he worked on things like reactions and other cool things, which we'll get into in just a moment. But before we do a uh, couple of announcements. One, we're going down to one episode a week. Yes. We've been doing two for think like 150 episodes or something now two a week for that long yeah 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 it's over a year well over a year it's been like a year and a half i think we started in april of 2015 doing two a week yeah so we're gonna start doing one a week i think that's gonna be a lot more manageable for Bryn and i uh gives us some more time to work on other things and hopefully make this thing more sustainable so yeah good things yeah it's all good things but it just means one fewer episode per week uh let us know what you think on twitter of course at design details fm uh happy to chat about anything but uh yeah this is the plan for the time being to to do one a week and see how it goes other announcements we're gonna be xoxo next week if you're at xoxo come hang out with us yes so if you're gonna be xoxo this thursday friday saturday sunday in portland uh hit us up bryn or i will be hanging out and sarah Oh yeah, and Sarah's going to be there. Lots of cool people are going to be there, so we should hang out. Uh Uh-huh. And of course, before we get started on this episode, we want to thank two sponsors for making it possible. First up, our friends at Wayno, who are also going to be at XOXO. At least some of them will. Yes. Wayno is a company that builds digital products for humans. They are a talented group of friends, designers, developers, building awesome things for clients like Google and Airbnb and Reuters and Dropbox and an incredible list of clients, but they're doing this work from all around the world in San Francisco, New York, Reykjavik. I'm pronouncing that's in Iceland. That's in Iceland. I feel so lucky to have met the team at Wayno. They're awesome group of people building great things. And the reason they're sponsoring this podcast is because they want to support the show and they aren't trying to sell you anything. They just want you to go check out their work, which I can't recommend enough. Uh, go to Wayno.co, U-E-N-O.co, and read their case studies. Check out their dribble, get inspired. They're doing absolutely gorgeous work in this It's pretty right fantastic. Now. And of course, if you need some social media stuffs to follow, they've been posting a lot of cool things on their Instagram and on their Twitter. Uh, they're working on a rebrand with like their all Twitter these account is super funny, goofy little video clips. Oh yeah, I, Danny Jones did some renders for them. Yeah. And they've been shooting some weird like color palette stuff, which looks really interesting. It's all adding up to something, and I'm not really sure what it is. Well, they unveiled the new logo already. They just I don't know where the rest of the branding's going. <laughs> it's all these like little videos. These of- are our brand colors. This black is for. Hallie getting sprayed with silly string yes. by his daughter. Yes. They're great. You should go check them out. Super, super funny. And of course, if you're looking for a new opportunity, they're also hiring. They're looking for designers in New York and San Francisco. Hit them up. And Reykjavik. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just San Francisco and New York. Go to wayno.co. That's U-E-N-O dot C-O. Check out their work. And of course, click the careers link in their header. Tell them we sent you. And uh, yeah, thanks so much to Wayno for making this episode possible. Our second sponsor is Managed by Q. Managed by Q is an awesome new company uh, that we finally got to to learn about and work with. Uh, They're building an operating system for physical spaces. Uh, They're working with hundreds of companies in four cities that trust uh, Managed by Q to handle everything from catering to IT, cleaning, plumbing, office supply management, basically anything uh, that you need. They trust Q to manage them. Yeah, anything you need 
your office to do or have it run more smoothly? The company is founded by two designers and they believe that design is a core asset to their company. So they want you to join them. They're looking for product and brand designers to join them in New York City. They're willing to relocate the right candidate. You should reach out. They've raised $42 million to date. They most recently raised $25 million from folks like Google Ventures and Kapoor Capital. And they have one of our favorite humans, Daniel Berka, as a mentor to the team. And he works with Managed by Q Weekly. And getting to work with that team means getting to work with Daniel every week. And that would he, be a dream. He's actually the person who put them in touch. So clearly he's somewhat involved. Yeah. So they're looking for designers, but I think one of the most important things to know about Managed by Q is the way that they've built their company to care about the people that work for them. They're focused on creating good jobs. They treat all of their employees well, from software engineers to office cleaners. All of these people are, are eligible for full-time status, benefits, healthcare, 401k, equity. Which you don't hear about in most cases. Exactly. They treat their people well. And as a result, they raised a ton of money. They're building an incredible team. And they're already working with hundreds of companies selling their services. Uh, it's pretty amazing. They're looking for a product designer and a brand designer, and they're willing to relocate the right people. So to learn more, go to spec.fm slash MBQ stands for managed by Q. Uh, again, that's spec.fm slash MBQ. That'll take you uh, to a page with all the information about their jobs. Again, that's in New York City and they're willing to relocate and they want to work with you. Also, JT is in our Slack team if you want to reach out and chat with him uh, more about this role. JT White. Thanks so much again to Manage by Q. Uh, we really appreciate you making this episode possible. And now let's get into this episode with Andy Chung. Okay, so uh, yeah, this is Andy Chung. Um, I'm a designer. I work on, I guess, digital products. Uh, I used to work at Facebook, but uh, last February I left. And most recently I started or I created this app called Pattern, the drawing app for iPad. My next question is usually, what are you working on? <laughs> but you kind of answered it. Uh, yeah, so I'm just working on this app. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty chill. What's Pattern? Uh, pattern is a drawing app. Um, it's sort of made for, it's made for designers. Um, the drawing app for the iPad and iPad Pro. And it's basically for low fidelity, early stage design drawing. It's basically just it's supposed to replace your sketchbook on your desk with, uh, with an iPad, basically. Okay. You know the iPad's dead though, right? <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I actually kind of thought about that. Like, It's also for consumption. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. I, <laughs> I, I was like, this is going to be a project that I'm going to use to learn Swift, and I don't care if anyone uses it. And then it got towards like the end where I was like, going to ship it. And I was like, I wish I had made an iPhone app so that, <laughs> so that people would actually use this. <laughs> Huge mistake. Yeah. Uh, why did you make a low-fidelity drawing app for designers? I, I had the idea when the pencil came out, and I was like, this is dope. I like drawing. I draw every day. And there's most of the drawing tools are basically geared towards artists, um, which is great. Um, most of them like are like, hey, here's a brush set. You know, Procreate, for yeah, example. Yeah, like oil paints and watercolors. And I don't need any of that. <laughs> and basically, all I really need is like to you know draw UI. You're basically just drawing boxes <laughs> over and over again yes and so our jobs are so, so <laughs> <Yeah>. strenuous <laughs> yeah so it's called well, box tool the app yeah make the best tool for drawing boxes over and over again so that's <laughs> what i tried to do but it was also a like learning ground for you as well totally yeah it, it wasn't 
started as like a business or anything. It was an opportunity for me to get into programming and and learn Swift, basically. Is it a business Which, now? <laughs> um, oh. No. Well, it's my only source of income, which is sad. <laughs> I, I, I charged up my iPad. I pulled my iPad out of the closet. Actually, it was under some books, I think. Charged it up just to try it out. <laughs> I haven't used my iPad in long enough to be embarrassing. Embarrassing? Why embarrassing? It's a nice piece of technology that I, I bought don't... an $800 machine and put it <laughs> in a drawer. <laughs> I don't use. Uh... <laughs> So what, like, what, where do you go from here? What's next with pattern that is? I mean, I think there's a bunch of, I've gotten a lot of feedback on it. There's a lot of features that could be really cool to do. Um, and so just, you know, starting to work on those, obviously also fix, um, crashes, bugs, brush packs, brush packs. <laughs> could you actually make it so <laughs> yeah, you can watercolors. Like, add watercolors? Yeah, watercolors. For sure. And like you can mix colors and blend them and yeah. like character yeah. drawing tutorials. Yeah. That's totally. kind of nice. Relevant for the UI. Does designer. it have emoji support? <laughs> <laughs> Apps have to have emoji support. Yeah. I mean, the whole branding has to be done with emojis to be relevant to the teens. So <laughs> that ha- hashtag teens. That teen market, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're trying to get the teens for the next version. They really want to get them to drawing the boxes. <laughs> it's a camera first drawing up, actually. <laughs> Yeah, boxes are for squares dude <laughs> no but you are unemployed or like building your own thing doing your own thing i don't know what the politically correct term is <laughs> the politically correct term for not <laughs> for not <laughs> not working at not facebook right now paid by an, a multinational corporation unzuckified yeah um it's great <laughs> <laughs> pretty chill <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's great other than like the not really like getting a paycheck thing uh-huh but um, other than that, that's why most nice. people do it. By the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, we're, I'm working like I went from having like a you know 45 minute to hour long commute to walking five minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. It's really nice. It's a really lucky position to be in. Yeah. Do you have other projects you want to work on? Not really right now. I mean, I just launched this thing like last Thursday. So I'm ca- <laughs> no, come on, dude. What's next? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Give like me a, more. <laughs> I'm kind of like hanging out for a minute. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, maybe work some friends on something. Okay. Uh, so you want to make things you're not like trying to jump back into <laughs> that full-time thing? Um, <sighs> I don't think Can so. Can you just tell us your life plans? Yeah. <laughs> These are the hard-hitting questions. I mean... You've I, planned I, all this out, right? <laughs> I, I thought about it briefly. Um, and... I actually went and interviewed at a company like a week ago <gasps> in LA. Um, and so, yeah. So Snapchat then. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no. It, well, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. It just made me realize I, I don't want to go back to working at a big company. All right. That's fair enough. I won't, I won't pry more <laughs> into what is a, a personal and emotional decision. Um, we should start from the beginning. Where are you from? Um, so I'm Canadian. I'm from Vancouver. <gasps> nice. Yeah, so just like two hours north of here. Two hours? On a, on plane. a flight. Oh, on a, on oh. a plane. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm from Vancouver. Um, moved down to San Francisco four years ago, uh, 2011, for Facebook. Hmm. We got to pause there. You skipped the whole gap of you like growing up and like learning about the world. What happened before 2011? Yeah, you want to hear the whole story? 
Brian desperately does. Specifically, like, I want to know a little more about how you ended up doing what you do. Like, what was the road there? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, born and raised in Vancouver. I probably first started design kind of, like, in high school. Um, I was super into mountain biking. And so... Ah, yes, that old nut. (laughs) It's really a first step in a design for many. (laughs) Yeah, so I would just spend all day on this like mountain bike forum and just like talk shit and it's forum signature. Do I see where this is going? I don't that wasn't really the forum signature. It was more like like mountain bike videos were a thing at the time. And so like I would just watch mountain bike videos all day. And Vancouver sort of like the like modern mountain biking came from Vancouver. Um and so a lot of the videos and stuff that were coming out were like from the North Shore of Vancouver. And so me and my friends just watch these all day. And then we'd go on this forum and like make fun of them. <laughs> to, Real respectful yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were like in tenth grade, and so you, we'd be like, "You oh. were cool humans." Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was definitely the worst, but we were like, "Oh, we can make better videos than this." And so <laughs> we just started making mountain bike videos with like you know these little mini DV cameras and stuff. Were and, they better? Yeah, I think so. I think they were way better. <laughs> I mean, but probably just because I had me and my friends. Yeah, them. I'm unbiased. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and but just do, doing that, and then like posting the videos online, and sort of like doing little graphics, and like I think we like screen printed T-shirts and stuff, and you know we made like VHS covers and stuff for the video for like the for the videos. That's awesome. Wait, what was the brand called? Can we, we <laughs> can we look uh, this up? Classic tenth uh, grade <laughs> brand. Yeah, I think it was like we call it like tough t-u-f-f and it was sort of like a joke because at the time everyone was making videos we're making these like super like heavy metal take yourself super seriously mountain bike videos this is serious business guys yeah <laughs> and so we were just like this is kind of dumb like this is more about like just having fun and but the name was sort of like a joke on that cool yeah and then later we made this other thing called like narwhal which is like that was like our first blog narwhal yeah. not like a narwhal but like a narwhal that was like a gnarly whale <laughs> <That's> <laughs> super love dumb. it that's yeah. like the word shroud <laughs> can that be like a clothing brand or something that sounds pretty i cool. think we had t-shirts at nice. some point like gnarwhal <laughs> yeah yeah exactly obviously so that's like what i was doing ah, in yes, high school the biking whales <laughs> um but yeah just doing like those websites like i think it was like we made like a php bb our own forum and then we made like I think like a WordPress website after yeah. that, or like maybe before that it was like one of those other weird PHP ones. So you went deep on PHP, is what I'm getting. Yeah, but for I mean, not really. And <laughs> like, you still wanted to be in tech after that? <laughs> I was definitely terrible at it. But you uh, can't be good at PHP. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, the language prohibits it. So that's how. Yeah, that was like <laughs> that was the beginning. So so after high school, I went to. I was not very good at high school. <laughs> that's one way of putting it <laughs> yeah but so i actually just went to this art school mm-hmm. um in vancouver it's called emily carr university of art and design um and it was like it was super close to where i lived <laughs> so very convenient <laughs> it's very convenient i just lived at home during college uh-huh. <laughs> um and uh, i did like the communication design program there okay um so it was very you know print focused graphic design kind of thing typography um, making books and that's where I sort of like discovered that graphic design was kind of like an actual thing mm-hmm. so I did 
you know, four years there. And actually, I guess my first real design job was during school and it was at this BMX company. <laughs> so it's still biking related. Obviously. Yeah. And so it was at this company called McNeil. Uh-huh. And the art director there is this guy, Harrison, who... And he was like, you're that tough guy. Oh, Harrison is dope. He's like, he has this amazing ability to hustle. Like, in, this was like in 2008 when I was working, this, doing this internship there. And he was like the art director of this BMX company. And now he's like a videographer who lives in New York. And I think he shot like the intro to Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And like he's he directed like a P. Diddy music video recently. And I was he's done it. Yeah. He's done a bunch of stuff with like Pusha T. That's how you know you've What's made his it, last man? name. Uh, Boyce, Harrison Boyce. And um, but yeah, he, he was the one that like gave me my first design job, which was crazy. Um, that was in school. Yeah. What kind of work? It was everything. It was like from doing their website and updating their website. Um, I did like bike graphics. So sending stuff off for like packaging, video editing, that kind of thing. Just there's basically this three people that worked at that office. Sure. So it was everything. So that was in third year. Um, in fourth year, my last semester, I did a, for my thesis project, I did a, a typeface. And that was probably like my first, I guess you could call it, I haven't, I didn't think about it this way at the time. That was my first product. Uh-huh. in the sense that I made this typeface and I released it for free. It was under Creative Commons. And I think I like, released the source files too, like I open sourced it. <laughs> you <laughs> chose it, the hardest product first. Yeah, I, I guess. I didn't know what I was doing. But <laughs> Does anyone so really? sounds pretty cool. Your professor's like, okay, buddy. Yeah, um, but it actually did like f- at the time like well. What was it called? It was called Neighborhood, spelled the Canadian way. Uh, obviously <laughs> yeah with the U yeah and so that was just what I did like when I first graduated and um, it sort of like did okay on like design blogs because I feel like 2009 was like the pinnacle of design blogs <laughs> yes I really miss design blogs me too man yeah um, and it was just like really easy to get on design blogs back then it was great just do something yeah people would post anything basically but it did pretty well and so since it was released under Creative Commons I think at the time, there weren't many typefaces that were licensed under Creative Commons. And so the people there took note of it. And somehow, I think through that on Twitter and stuff, like Mozilla found out about it um, because they have some close ties with Creative Commons. And so Mozilla found out about it. And at the time, I was doing like an internship at a ad agency in Vancouver and it was like really terrible. I was making like supermarket catalogs like for Safeway. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And yes. so <laughs> really rewarding stuff. Yeah. And so Mozilla emailed me and they're like, hey, we like your typeface. Do you want to come in for an interview? And I was like, what? <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know anything about tech or wow. um, t- that that was even like a career path that I could possibly take. Like I thought I was going to be a graphic designer for life. Like the epitome of that would be like opening a design studio or something. Sure. And so I was like, please, I'll I'll come talk to you guys. Um, and so I left that internship and started at Mozilla and I worked there for two years. In San Francisco, did they have? So they actually had a, a remote office in Vancouver. Nice. Um, at the time it was like 10 people mm-hmm. and I think like nine of them were engineers. Um, and I was like the one designer. What were you working on? So I started off working on the Mozilla messaging team. So it's actually where like, um, the Thunderbird team was located mostly. They were kind of scattered, but... Ah, Thunderbird. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
so I started off on that. I didn't really work on Thunderbird. They they were sort of positioned as a team that could work on other experiments. They ended up being the labs team. And so I ended up working on the labs team. And uh, I worked on a bunch of sort of... There are projects that were sort of meant to be experiments that showcase like Firefox technology mm-hmm. more so than... I never worked on like Firefox itself. Sure. Yeah. Like what? We'll use Gecko for everything. <laughs> Um, so the first thing I worked on that never shipped was this thing called raindrop and in retrospect, not a good idea. (laughs) Um, hindsight, it it was basically, this is me like right out of school and also the first tech thing I've ever worked on. Right. And so I was just like, oh yeah, like let's do it. But it was a combined inbox for like Facebook, Twitter, and Gmail. Sounds fantastic. That actually sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Can you uh, send me that code? <laughs> That'd be pretty chill. Yeah. But it runs on Gecko, so it'll run to your fonts weird. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just a website or a web app, so. Was that your first time, were you doing like, I don't know, what we'd call product design? Or because you came from like advertising and then you made a typeface and now now let's build web apps. Yeah. What was that like yeah, it didn't doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, how did that think happen? about it? <laughs> I think that they didn't really know how to hire designers either. Uh, Does anyone really typeface? I think that <laughs> qualifies I mean, you. I was definitely a designer, but sure, like sure. not a relevant skill set designer. But in terms of like internety things, like I, you know, I made my website. Uh-huh. I had made this BMX mountain bike blog. Got it. I, I mean, I think that like if you're a student... That's more qualified than most, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a student, you're always like messing around with like your portfolio and that kind of thing. So that was basically the extent of it. But in terms of like products and not just like, you know, marketing pages or blogs, I hadn't I didn't have any experience. So what were you... Did you have any sort of guidance or mentorship or anything like that as you're building a web app like Raindrop, which is probably not a simple product to think about. Yeah, not really. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty chill. (laughs) Uh, It was more like, I think I discovered more designers that were working on that kind of thing, like just through the internet and just through looking things up. I think there were designers at the time that I looked up to who did build like digital products. Like honestly, like one dude who uh, at the time, or I, I, I still like, I think his work is great. Is like Andreas uh, Pilstrom. I'm not sure how to say his last name. I'm not sure. That well, is. he's at Pinterest. Yeah, he's at Pinterest. Um, and um, I think it's Pilstrom. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he he's sort of like from that era of you know internet design, right? Where he did a lot of really cool stuff back in like 2008. He did the first like masonry type of layout, mm. and like it was people like him who were sort of like I guess my sort of like influence at the time sure. in terms of like digital digital work. Were you building things as well or did you move purely towards just designing the thing? It started out as just designing things, but pretty quickly, I mean, just working with like that many engineers, I think like the biggest thing I learned was like programming. So since I was in a room with like 10 other engineers, you end up picking stuff up. And so that was like when I first started, you know, making prototypes rather than static sort of website but should designers code (laughs) no definitely not definitely don't do it yeah for sure 
I'm like legitimately curious how you evolved the process when you're in a room with 10 engineers, you came from a background of doing essentially side projects and school projects. You had like the internship and maybe not like formal training in building and shipping products and refining a process and things like that. What did you learn while you got to do that at Firefox? I think ultimately that was a big factor in why it was so tempting for me to to leave Firefox. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that too, that works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that I didn't learn a lot there. Like I worked with like really smart, great people. Um, another project I get to work on there was like, uh, do you guys know like Require.js? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like I did like the branding and website for Require.js. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just cause like I hung, like I worked with James, right? And he was like the main, the main dude. Isn't it? I don't didn't know. Didn't it just get sort of deprecated with the latest? Yeah. Yeah, I think like jQuery Foundation owns it now. Oh. I just got an email. They're like, hey, your branding assets and w- once, need to move. <laughs> once jQuery owns it, then of course it's deprecated. Hey, jQuery, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Do people still use jQuery? No, but I, I'm not going to knock their technology. It made it made JavaScript Te- accessible for a lot of people. Technology? They made it JavaScript accessible for me. So hell yeah. Thanks, thanks jQuery. Look at me now. <laughs> John Rezig? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, I gotta like work on cool stuff, and yeah, I I I think also I was able to. I did a bit of like traveling down here for work, and I was my mind was like blown that I got to travel for work, mm-hmm. and um, that there was like a world outside of Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, like I think a lot of Canadians end up ah the old Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people get stuck in Canada. Like you're there, then you don't realize that there's this whole other world like south of the border. Totally. Yeah, I came from the Midwest and it was like a black hole. People would move there, have kids, and just never ever leave. And it was just a terrible town. Like, <laughs> don't but do this. At it's least the it's worst. Like, you can do it, right? Like, it's actually kind of hard to move out of Canada and work here. I mean, well, reasons. you've got visas. Yeah, but we didn't. <laughs> it's just <laughs> people just stayed. Yeah, but yeah. So I worked in Mozilla for two years, and then got the call randomly from Facebook. And so this is at, so actually like like I said I did like the branding and stuff for required Jess. like at the time my work was still I was working on products but I was also doing a lot of like visual and like brand stuff um, and so when I got the call from Facebook they actually wanted me to interview for the communication design team huh. yeah and so this is like beginning of 2011 and so I came down and was totally prepared for this communication design interview and at the time the design team was small enough that everyone showed up to your presentation so i don't know about like when you did it like how many people showed up like what five five or six yeah yeah so when i did it like 30 people showed up <laughs> holy shit <laughs> no pressure here yeah um and it was the entire communication design team and the entire product design team it was like 30 people damn yeah Is that scary um yeah it was super scary <laughs> i was like what jesus yeah and so uh i did my presentation showed my work and I think like some of the product design folks, I, I think like probably the UW people, so like Drew and Francis, they were like, hey, we should totally do a product design loop for this guy too. And so I ended up doing two loops in one day. Ooh. Yeah, so I did like communication design loop and, and the product design loop. And actually in the end, I got a no hire for communication design and a, I barely got a hire for product design. Wait, why do you think that is? I don't really know. I mean, I don't have a ton of... I also wasn't very concerned about it because I got this other job offer for product design, which yeah. sounded a lot more appealing to me. 
But it's interesting that it's not even the job you flew down for, right? Yeah. Well, it, I guess it didn't happen that quickly. Like I actually, I did the two loops in one day and then I came down again. They flew me down again for another, another oh, wow. product design loop. Damn. Yeah. And actually I didn't even really get <laughs> a job <laughs> offer. They were oh, like, man. they used to do this thing where they had hire people as contractors uh-huh. and they were like, it was like a, I mean, it was basically an internship for people that couldn't do an internship. Okay. Right. And so, uh, cause I was in school. And so I came down, I did a three month contract and it worked out. Was that transition or I guess like moving from Mozilla to Facebook where now you have a, a supportive design team working on products? Like what was yeah. that like? It was awesome. It was amazing. Going from a situation where people aren't really thinking about design uh, to going to a situation where people, there are a lot of people, what really helped was that there are a lot of people with the same background as me. So people like um, like Francis Liu, mm-hmm. uh, Joey Finn, Flynn, Drew Hamlin, they, they all have a very similar background to me in the sense that they all went to school at UW for uh, communication design. And then aside from Drew, who doesn't count, he's been making software since he was like 11. But like Joey and Francis both like came from, you know, non-technical backgrounds mm-hmm. and sort of like made it work. And so being able to talk to people like that and they had already been at Facebook for like two years, you could like learn a lot from those guys. So that was really cool. What were some of the first things that you, you learned or like realized you'd been doing wrong or? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like back then, it was like the design team was like very vocal and open with one another. <laughs> so I realized pretty quickly that you wouldn't really do well at Facebook if you just sort of like was, were given a bad idea from a PM or something and you didn't like fight back and push back on it. And and so at that time it was like if you were doing something weird, like people would call you out for it super fast. Um which was like both terrifying, but also great. Like you learn super fast that way. Yeah. Calling you out from like a product perspective, visual perspective, everything. Product perspective mostly, but yeah, yeah visual too. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you did the the contract for three months? Yeah. So I did the contract for three months, which was kind of a leap of faith because I quit my job in Mozilla. Yeah. And it worked out. And so I ended up getting a full-time offer and I started February, 2012. Cool. What did you start on? Photos team. <laughs> photos, nice. Yeah, photos team. So I think it was like the photos team was just me. <laughs> so uh, they put me on the photos team. <laughs> Little did I know I was the photos team. Classic photos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was. What does uh, that mean? <laughs> you were like, the only what one? Yeah, like, I was, well, okay. Like for a quick moment, there was like when I first started, there was another designer, Bobby, on it, but he left like Bobby Goodlad? Yeah, Bobby Goodlad. Yeah, he left pretty quickly. And then there was like Yorn, Yorn Van Dyke. Dyke. And he was working on the camera app mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Just, yeah, Facebook camera. But yeah, it was just the photo team for a year. It was it was super fun because that's like right after Timeline launched. And so I think when I joined, they had converted like almost everything on Timeline to like the new Timeline style other than photos. And so there was like, hey, yeah, um, just make this a lot better. <laughs> and so it was great. It was super fun. Like we got to make the photo stream. Like before, photos were always in albums. You had to add them to albums. And there was no way to like just browse a person's photos from like recency. And so uh-huh. 
that was one thing we changed. You could just browse everyone's photos without the confines of albums. Ugh. What else did I work on? I worked on like photo syncing, which just got deprecated. What was that? Is basically you could turn on photo syncing on your phone and it would just sync all your photos from your phone to like a private Hi. area on Facebook. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so I worked on that. Yeah, those are like my two photo projects. Do you guys ever miss the wall? The wall. Is it that newsfeed? Or do you mean like nope? A person's wall, like on their profile? Yeah, the Facebook wall. Oh. You post something to your wall. Is that just called your profile now? Wait. Timeline. Well, I mean, isn't it basically the same thing? More or less. I just just thought it was really (laughs) funny. Damn it, I wanted to be called the wall. (laughs) Like concept wise, it's the exact same thing. I remember when you could have I think it was less on your wall on the like oh, the yeah, specific like, time. Like graffiti. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You could have graffiti and uh, people could like Isn't that MySpace? games on your profile or something. That seems like MySpace. No, I'm for sure remembering And you had middle eight school. best friends and <laughs> yeah, that's MySpace. I feel like graffiti would be. You could play music on it by default. Graffiti yeah. would be dope right now. They just like brought back graffiti as like a 10 year anniversary thing or something. <laughs> Yeah, hey like guys, remember well. this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> we didn't change it at all either. I wish you could force people to listen to music whenever they came to your profile. Oh, That'd be man. great. That would be great. Put like sparkly stuff and theme it. Oh yeah, I use that all the time in MySpace. Yeah. Um. So, all right, we were at the end of photos. Oh yeah, photos. Um. We were at the end of photos. Photos is over. Photos were just done. Photos has been abandoned <laughs> and deprecated. Um. Yeah. So I think this was like. I worked on photos like till the end of 2012. I'm very curious just if you could elaborate a little more. Like what was the Facebook design team like at that point? Like this 2012, 30, 40 people. Well, like what was the culture like at that time? <laughs> what or? was it like? Here, let me explain it. <laughs> it was, what was the team size? 30, 40 people. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it was, I don't know. It was really cool. Like I, I really miss those days actually. It was, it, like I said, super small. It was like 30 people. Everybody sat in the same area. So no one sat by org. It was like just the design team area, which was great because you could just hang out with like your friends and designers all day. <laughs> Sounds pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, you just knew everybody because I mean, when I left Facebook, I didn't know everybody on the design team, obviously, because mm-hmm. there's like Hi. hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know each other. <laughs> um, it's for the best. <laughs> but um, no, it was, just, it was good vibes and super small and I think everyone was sort of like learning at the time that was also a time I think when like what was going on then like um y'all went public can't tell you (laughs) the design like design tools team wasn't a thing that was like when no Julius no Julius but then we had like Brandon and Mike right and so that's when they were designing Brandon Walken and Mike Mattis yeah Brandon Walken and Mike Mattis and uh when they were designing paper and like I remember like first seeing like the the paper demos and like I didn't understand I was like this is like just mind-blowing you know coming from not working with other designers to like to working with designers of this caliber we're just trying to move labels off the tab bar dude <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah it was it was cool it was good times what about process wise like with a team that size which I guess is small by today's standards but relative to other companies is like actually pretty large like what would what was the process like to make sure that you guys were shipping somehow like a, a coherent 
product to I don't know how big Facebook was at that time. Yeah, I think there must have been like total like two. Well, I don't know the company was like two thousand people, but uh, I want to say when I joined Photos, my process was like not very thorough. <laughs> it was like very naive. It was sort of like for the first year because the Photos tab isn't a very it's not the, the homepage of Facebook. And so what changes that happen there aren't exactly like make or break the business, uh-huh. right? And so it was basically a year of like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this like X, Y, and Z? And then we just did them and shipped them. And then it was like great, right? We didn't, like metrics weren't a huge issue for us. Like we tracked some stuff, but it wasn't the way it is now. Yeah, when did that start to change? I think Right after, <laughs> right after I worked on photos, I started working on newsfeed. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I should I talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> should I talk about newsfeed? No, uh, I'm good. Thanks. A few people know about it. Yeah. Um, so no I guess no one's ever used it though. <laughs> I know I do know someone who doesn't have a newsfeed. He's unfollowed every single source and friend. Oh, oh really? That's, that's brilliant. You can do that. Yeah. What shows up? Just ads. Uh, I don't even, yeah, maybe ads. I'll huh. probably get ads and like, <laughs> he's like, this is actually great. <laughs> no one knows because they don't go there. Oh. Uh, did you choose newsfeed? Yeah, in a way, yeah. Um, you don't choose the newsfeed. The newsfeed chooses <laughs> you. <laughs> um, it worked in a really weird way. So I was working in photos and basically I, I wanted to work on newsfeed, but I wasn't on the newsfeed team. And so I just started, I think it was after I shipped a bunch of stuff. And so I was just like working on, I just made a bunch of random prototypes for like how the navigation could work in the newsfeed redesign. And then posted them to Facebook so the algorithm would start picking up your stuff, <laughs> putting it on the newsfeed. Yeah, hacked the algorithm. <laughs> and basically the newsfeed team saw it and they're like, it was on their newsfeed? Yeah, because it was on their newsfeed. No, it's probably on like Pixel Cloud or whatever. Yeah. They were like, cool, this looks good. Do you want to join Newsfeed? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Sure. Let's do it. It was really that that loose, easy back then? Yeah. Wow. It was. Like you could just move around super freely, mm-hmm. right? Because you didn't actually work in an org. You worked on the design team. And so, well, actually, wait, maybe at that point, maybe they had tightened up a little bit. Well, wasn't the change to like not being super loosey-goosey pretty recent? I don't know. My understanding for a long time was that my friends could pretty much shift between teams. Yeah, it was like that for a while. At least I thought it was. I think it is. Maybe it still is. Is it still like that? I don't know. Don't look at me. (laughs) I can't talk about it. I still work there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's how I joined the the team. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I was just on the team after that. What was that transition like? Because you go from photos that's not the homepage of Facebook to working on the homepage of Facebook. Yeah. I remember like on photos, we made a change where we, after we redesigned the photos tab, we linked the bookmark to go to like your profile photos or like your, the photos tab on your profile rather than the photos feed. And then the feed team was all angry at us. And then I joined the feed team and I was, and they were like, why the hell did you do that? You're like, and don't worry like, guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the transition was, I don't know, really easy, I guess, because it didn't feel like a major thing. It felt like sort of a natural transition, I guess. Did it shift your process at all? Not immediately. I think that like everyone who was working on that redesign, like 
was sort of <sighs> this was the 2013 redesign 2013 redesign yeah and so it was an interesting time because a lot of the design process up till then like wasn't very metric driven i don't think it was it was much more like hey we have these goals like our our product goals are to like make user content like really awesome because that was like a big theme that was happening on the feed team especially with uh the development of paper which was a very like content first approach to the design and so a lot of what we we're doing was sort of like trying to mimic those values sure on on desktop newsfeed and it was at a time where every i don't think i think most of the redesigns up till that point were i don't think they were as metric driven as things are now but when we launched that that's when the major shift in uh in, in, <laughs> what did you do <laughs> that was the sh- that was a shift damn it Andy. yeah <laughs> we just made a lot of changes like we made a lot of design changes with the the sort of thinking that hey this is going to be really awesome but we didn't do it in the way that facebook would do it now <laughs> yeah in the sense that we we just made all these changes we thought were great and we launched them all at once <laughs> right a solid a b test <laughs> and then like half the uh members of facebook decided to post notes about how if you liked it enough zuckerberg would turn it back what do you remember all these no. like people make these posts like this is not what facebook is supposed to be <laughs> The groups. If you like this enough, Zuckerberg will change it back or something like that. <laughs> We've got old Mark standing by to push the reset. It wasn't button. groups. I think this was before groups. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it was like notes, right? Were you there know. at that point? Like it was pretty early on. I don't remember. Wait, when when everyone really complained about the Facebook redesigns and like that's like every time though. Start surveys. Really? Yeah. People always complain about the redesigns. I mean, I heard a lot about it between like two thousand eight and 2012 but like that was about it yeah i think the 2013 redesign was particularly interesting because it had like a pretty big announcement and like a launch to it and i remember that was did it i I don't remember it at all and then i saw a bunch of blog posts about why we rolled it back and i was like i don't know what Um, you're talking about (laughs) actually i I probably didn't have a facebook account at that point though that was kind of an impressionable moment for me as a designer to be honest because i was i remember robin morris was in like the announcement video yeah, he's like in his who's that beautiful accent, just like explaining the ethos of like why newsfeed is the way it is. He's a design manager, and I remember that being like kind of eye opening for me to hear people talk about design in that way and like the impact that it, you know, they they envisioned it might have on the world. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool for me. But it ended up <laughs> going a different direction. Could you share a little more about that? Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I worked on the navigation aspect of of this thing um but basically the numbers were just all over the place and we had changed like basically everything about the website and so we didn't necessarily know like which changes were correlated to which metric drops and that kind of thing and so we basically just we reapproached the whole project i guess it was like it was really like me one other designer and one other engineer and we came up with like an alternate proposal and and plan for how to actually like you know get the benefit of bigger stories stories and cards so that we can actually have like a consistent story system across facebook but and do it in a way that uh we would be able to measure the impact of these changes and and actually understand 
the changes that we're making. Sure. Yeah. What happened with that? That's like what Facebook is today. There we go. Yeah. It was kind of a crazy process. And like what we did this, the second time around was, I think, good or like a responsible way to approach it. And how's that? Just by really clearly defining like what do we want to accomplish with this. So like consistency across the site, a system that like, you know, works. Because this was a time when newsfeed, pages, timeline, and groups all had different stories. Like the feeds looked different in all the surfaces. And it was like, if you had to design a story, it was like you designed it four times. And so we were like, hey, we, let's just come up with like a, a consistent story format. Hang on, guys. I think, <laughs> I think I know of a better way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an app for each story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we were like, okay, we want to make this consistent and we want like a format that just, you know, works across platforms. And so that that's what we did. And, and we also found a way to like, we we measured everything, right? So we measured like, what is the impact of stories on cards? There's the Facebook we know and love. Yeah. What is the impact of like the font change? Sure. Like what is the impact of like going from like a white background to like a wash? So we actually created a prototype that was like a basically a permutation generator where you could like go between like any permutation of any of these changes. What was uh, the prototype built Declarative in? design. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like a, it was an, just web stuff. So like HTML, CSS, oh, JavaScript. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse. I mean, I don't know. It, like for me, that project like really changed the way how I thought about design at Facebook. Wait, what do you mean? Uh, well, just because I went from this world of like happy go lucky. We can do anything. <laughs> yeah. To being like, whoa, I don't know if we should change that guys. Like <laughs> really like pick our battles of what we want to change here. Um, do you think it changed you for the better? Um, yeah, probably. Well, do you value money or cool things? I don't know. Like, I actually do think that there's just a time and place for like blue sky ideation and there's a time and place for... Uh, making money. Not even making money, <laughs> <laughs> but just doing the like doing things like in a responsible way when like a billion people use your product. Yeah. Because there's money involved. <laughs> <laughs> Bryn... You want to come work at Facebook? It Fuck sounds no. like it. <laughs> Dear God, no. It sounds like it. So the launch plans sort of changed, but it sounds like you, I don't know, remedied it and like ended up with a net benefit to the product? I think so. I mean, it, I mean yeah. it's that what way you, today, so it better think? be? <laughs> yeah. I mean, by no means is the Facebook today, like my most proudest project I've ever worked on. But I think there is something to say about the fact that it's been basically unchanged for like the last two or three years. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe you guys are planning on changing it. What project do you have the most? There's been a lot of really in. tiny changes. <laughs> the, the system of experiments at Facebook is constantly confusing to me. Mm. It's very confusing. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Um, well, I mean, I think that like raindrop was dope. Tough, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough DHS videos. Sick. I mean, honestly, those are pretty cool. I think like reactions was like ah, a good project. Yes. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I think this the way that we approached it, where it wasn't like we didn't try and redesign everything. We tried to like make a system that fit into the existing system. Who else did you work with on that? Um, so the design team of that was uh, myself, Brandon Walken, 
um, Brian Frick, and then Brian Frick worked on like the iconography, and we had a contractor named Seth Eckert, uh, who lives and works in Kentucky. I've never met him, but he did the animations. I know who Seth is. Can you give us like a little precursor, like why reactions and why did you start working on that? I don't know if there's like a great story as to why I started working on reactions. <laughs> Someone told me to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was, oh, what happened? I had just finished working on rooms, which is a totally different topic. You want to go back to that one? Uh, <laughs> we can if you want. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have time for that. Okay, we can talk about reactions. Ro- so you worked last... on rooms. Wait, rooms, <laughs> moving rooms on. was like a six-month thing? I worked on that for like... Not, not how long you worked on it, but like, didn't they pull it from the market? Oh, yeah. They p- pulled it pretty, like a year, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I... Okay, basically I spent a year working on rooms after Newsfeed, which was like, basically I worked on that because it was like just the total opposite of Newsfeed. Like it was a V1 project, so you could just do whatever you wanted. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was rolling off of rooms and Julie was like, hey, there's this project called Reactions that I would like you to work on. And it seemed cool, so I started working on it. What was the problem statement? Like, yeah. what were you guys trying to accomplish? I mean, the idea is basically just, you know, not every moment on Facebook is a positive moment, um, especially as like more people start posting news and, you know, tragic life events, that kind of thing. And so a like is just not appropriate for all those situations. Donald Trump gets super racist. Like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah, the idea was just to make a more, um, I guess, expressive lightweight feedback mechanism on Facebook. How did you think about emotion and facebook especially like ranges of emotions there's a lot of nuance to that like how do you even begin to think about a problem like that for so many people do you mean in terms of like what we explored yeah like how did you approach the problem okay so we know that every moment can't be represented by this thumbs up yeah what next what are the emotions you can possibly have so we did do including involving data and not involving data but we pulled the data way we did it was like we pulled short comments and figured out like and also cross-reference like hey what are the most commonly used emojis like in comments so so that we'd have like a better understanding of like what people were trying to ex- sure. express sure right you spied on your users <laughs> and uh so from that we had like a list of we had a ton like a big a big list of emotions basically and what i did you, was you, I, would you say you had a book of faces Definitely, sure. definitely. Uh, so we just cross-referenced those those emotions against like common story types, and figured out like, hey, which which of these emotions apply to which of these cases, and then we try to pick a set that sort of like covered the entire spectrum, um, more or less. But we and we did also initially prototype versions that, like right now, there's six reactions, but the initial prototypes had like twenty. We wanted to see, like, hey, what's, like, the upper bounds of how many of these we can include and is it valuable, that kind of thing. And there's yeah. special ones for certain occasions. I guess. <laughs> I didn't work on those. How long did you explore that that project? Explore or, like, work on? Work on. <laughs> uh, so I think we started, like, April 2015, and it launched... Officially, February 
2016. It's a long freaking time. Yeah. The initial launch though, like, I mean, obviously at this point, Facebook was testing everything. So we initially launched like country tests in October. Yeah. Um, and a, mo- a lot of the work between October and February was actually just f- working on like platform support because it affected so many platforms. Sure. So country test meaning you launch it in other countries. Uh, yeah, like isolated country tests. Like we launched it to all of Ireland. Um, we launched it to like all of Chile kind of thing. Did you go to those places and research and like what were you trying to gain by doing specific country launches? I think we wanted to figure out just how they were being used. Like what does it what does it do for engagement? Like does it we knew that it would like take away from likes, but would we like make it up in you know, sads or something. <laughs> would we get more engagement on sad <laughs> Would posts? we make it up in sads? <laughs> we got so many freaking sads this quarter, guys. <laughs> yeah. Peak sads was. <laughs> uh, we wanted to make sure that like all the reactions that we did choose like resonated with people and it made sense. Like, was that? I'm sure across cultural lines, there's a difference in how things are interpreted. Yeah, totally. Um, there was like one reaction that didn't make the cut, but like wasn't all the marketing stuff in October. Which was yay, a very highly contested one. Yeah, it was a uh, NSCA. <laughs> yeah, I was very pro. <laughs> hashtag, design, hashtag bring back yay. The design team was very pro yay. Pro yay. Yeah, <laughs> not to be confused with pro Kanye. <laughs> we're talking about reactions. Which we probably also were. <laughs> yeah, it could go both ways. I, I'd be pro Kanye. Yeah, me too. Uh, you said you started with twenty reactions. Yeah, like the initial prototype we tried. I mean, I wasn't the first person to sure. work on prototypes of it. Like, I think, like Mike Mattis did a really amazing one. Uh-huh. Did he make a neural network to interpret them? <laughs> Not quite, but it was close. I feel like. So, yeah. How do you, how do you narrow down? Is this like purely data driven, or at what point did you guys make a more subjective call? Like, this is what we think is important to people. So we made that like giant matrix of like use cases and and emotions and we we decided to try and narrow it down to the fewest number possible just because the main thinking there was it's a lot easier to give people more things in the future than it is to take away um which i think is like a fair point and so uh we try to narrow it down to like as wide a range as possible as wide of a applicable range um with as fewest numbers sure yeah um we didn't want these to feel like stickers or emoji necessarily. I mean, they obviously look like emoji, but... Why are there so many ways to use faces on Facebook? Hmm. That's a good question, Bryn. I'll bring it up with the big man. Do you mind uh, if I ask... So that launched in February? Yeah. And you also left around the same time. Yeah. Like what were... What was going on for you? What was your reaction? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I knew that I was going to leave in February, but it was like, it coincided with the launch. It was like, I think a great project to finish my time at Facebook with. And I think I just, at that point felt like I had accomplished what I wanted to accomplish at, at Facebook. And um, Which is what? Um, I was just, I was, it was like a project that I was like happy with. <laughs> I, like, I felt like. It, it you were yay with. I, well, <laughs> I would have. I would have been. It would have been super yay they had shipped yay. But now I'm sad they didn't ship <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was just time for a change. It's time to do something smaller. Smaller? Yeah. What do you mean? Like more Blue Sky original or like 
do you just want to get away from this metrics driven world? Like the numbers matter so much. Like what, what's your mindset there? I don't know if I am like as, I mean, designers get this rep for like being super anti-metric, but I don't, I'd be really sad if Facebook started being run like Apple or something. What do you mean? Like if it was just totally only intuition driven, like I don't actually think that's a good idea for them to do that, right? And so um, I don't fault anyone for working in that way. Statistically, it's less probable to be successful in that way, right? Like there's no way Facebook would have shot to this level of success without being metric driven. No. It, it's kind of silly. Like Apple's had a great run, but obviously they're moving toward testing now and being more open because they have to, right? Statistically, it just makes sense. Yeah. And so I hope they just keep doing that and being successful. I don't know. So it wasn't that, I don't think. It was just for, I don't know, my own sanity. I hadn't worked on anything for myself for like since that typeface, right? Yeah. And so I was like, I want to do that again. I want to make something totally for myself. Do you feel like that happens enough here? In the Bay Area? Here being Bay Area, yeah. I think the Bay Area has like a ton of super talented young people who get, well, there's a ton of outlets for their creativity in these big companies. And there's fewer people that are just sort of just making things for themselves here. Um, like I was saying, like back in Vancouver, where I'm from, there's like a, there's a ton of super talented people and they're very creative and they have basically no outlets for their creativity, like job wise, like there's like two companies there. And so people that sort of have this really great DIY culture of making things happen for themselves and yeah, I'd be like really excited to see more of that here. You might say you're into side projects. I, I might say that, yes. Side projects are great. <laughs> so what is your advice for someone that right now their creative outlet is their day job? That's a really hard question because like I know. <laughs> I've, I've been in the in the day job scene. It's uh <laughs> pretty chill. <it's> pretty tiring. <laughs> tiring AF. Yeah. Um I don't know, just not every project needs to be like the super ambitious like thing. I think that, and I think that working at Facebook, you kind of get this mindset of like, hey, this project better like change the world or it's not valuable. We need that next billion. Yeah. <laughs> the next billion the users. Next B. Yeah. But actually just making like little small things for yourself is like pretty fun. At the end of my Facebook tenure, I made this website with uh, Joey Flynn and Drew Hamlin. It was like a, it was when uh, The Life of Pablo came out. Uh-huh. And we made like a Life of Pablo Almar generator. <laughs> and it took us like three hours and it got posted in like... Because the Almar <laughs> is like pretty low key. <laughs> it's super low key. But like that project, we it, we spent like two hours on it and it got posted in like Playboy and like all this stuff. Like <laughs> it was like, like Virgil Abloh like retweeted it. And like, I was like, this is like insane. And it was like from two hours of work. So why am I even at Facebook? Look at the impact <laughs> I can have. Well, it's also just like this might be my most successful project. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried. Is the URL still up? Yeah, it's What's uh, it the Pablo dot life. <sighs> Love it. Yeah. So I don't know. Just just I don't know. Mess around with stupid shit, and it's it's fulfilling. It's fun. I buy that. Yeah. What keeps you up at night right now? Mm. Honestly, wondering like like doing this sort of like right now I'm just not working <laughs> like I made this app which is like sort of a job but just wondering if like if this is like actually the right thing to work on 
How long can the iPad last? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so bearish on the iPad? I'm uh, just kidding. Like it, it's like this like media message is that the iPad is dying. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is what I'm making fun of. I see. Uh, that I'm not so worried about that. I mean, yeah, but just I don't know. If, is working like independently sustainable? How do you keep doing this? It's been like you know six months, and that's not super. It's not a super long time. I don't really know how long I can keep going with it. So sure. we'll we'll see. So what's keeping you up at night? is what next or is it like the kinds of projects that are meaningful to you like do you, does the next project have to touch a billion people i don't think it does but i think just yeah just, just trying to be constantly excited and motivated about things and it's kind of hard sometimes yeah how do you do that how do you get excited about this kind of stuff if you like i think you just need to be in an environment where you're like learning stuff right so with like pattern it was like oh i'm just gonna like make this thing and I don't know how to make an app so I'm going to learn everything now and that's like something to be excited about I think like if all I had to do was like make Photoshop mocks of the app I don't think I'd be very excited about it yeah it's mostly white <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> white with some dots <laughs> and squares yeah dot make grid done <laughs> cool did you hit parts where you just weren't excited about it anymore oh what on working? pattern oh yeah Totally. How'd you push through? Uh, I just took a break. Yeah. I went you just like, didn't push through. <laughs> yeah, I kind of stopped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's sort of like isolating working on something by yourself. And so I just like, yeah, I took a month and just went traveling for a little bit, which is like, yeah, again, like a very lucky, privileged position to be in. So I'm super grateful for that. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Where do you want people to find you on the internet? Ooh, good question. Uh, I guess I have a Twitter. <laughs> you can add me as a friend on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. I don't have a news feed though, so. <laughs> uh, underscore Andy Chung on Twitter. Nope. I have an underscore because I'm a nobody, so. I'm in the underscore, underscore club with you. Ooh, yeah, it's a rough one. It's a scary world to be in. <laughs> cool. Cool, well, thanks for having me. Thanks yeah. for coming on, man. Thanks for hanging out. That was episode 162. Thanks to Andy for coming and hanging out with us. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, hit us up on Twitter. Of course, as we mentioned at the beginning of this show, we're now going down to one episode of Design Details a week. You can let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. Email us. Tweet at us. Whatever. We're really excited about all the other things we're working on at Spec, all the other podcasts that are on the networks. If you need more all things the new to video listen stuff, to, all the community stuff we're building. Yeah. Follow along. Go to spec.fm. That's our website. Or follow us on Twitter at spec.fm. Before we go, we want to thank our two sponsors for this episode. First up, Managed by Q. Managed by Q is building an operating system for physical spaces. Uh, they're working with hundreds of companies right now and they need product and brand designers to come help them go to the next level. They've raised $42 million. They are operating out of New York City. They're willing to relocate you. They want you to apply and hopefully join their team doing something that's actually really important to helping companies succeed. They're building really well-designed solutions to unsexy problems. And that's super cool. That's fun. To learn more, go to spec.fm slash MBQ. Stands for Managed by Q. Again, spec.fm slash MBQ. Thanks again to Managed by Q. Second sponsor, is Wayno. 
Ueno is an incredible agency. They're going to be hanging out with us at XOXO. Oh, some of them. I think Hallie's going to be there. Linda's going to be there. Ueno is a team of designers and developers. Uh, they're based out of San Francisco and New York and Reykjavik. And they are building awesome digital products for humans using their brains, using fancy machines that we like to call computers. And they just want you to check out their work. To learn more, go to ueno.co, U-E-N-O dot C-O. They have gorgeous case studies. Their Dribble account is so inspirational. Their Twitter account is hilarious. Their Instagram account is showing all this cool branding work they're doing. We can't recommend them enough. All those links are in our show notes. But of course, go to ueno.co and follow along. Thanks again to Ueno for sponsoring the show. We'll see you on... Wait. We'll see you next week. Weird. We'll see you next week. <laughs>